So it's a pleasure being here once again, and I would like to thank everyone for tuning in to this segment on a, on a Monday, and today, as mentioned last week, I will continue discussing the sixth Christ-related foundation of civilization in the gospel, and it is the retention of the law to control and discipline the unregenerate and planet eight. So all scriptures will be taken from the King James Version Bible. And I'll start. So brethren, there exists in Christendom a fallacious notion that since Christ has come and has established the new and better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom, God has simultaneously ended the jurisdiction of the law of God for everyone, even for the unregenerate, who refuse to acknowledge Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This being the case then, the unregenerate should be treated as the saved by the body of Christ. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. Now, the first point that needs to be made is this. This unique offer of salvation by the gospel of the kingdom does not have an automatic divine acceptance mechanism that guarantees universal acceptance. Believe it or not, God has left it up to each individual to accept or reject his great offer of salvation. Because of this fact, those who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior simultaneously come under his jurisdiction and become candidates to be led by his indwelling Holy Spirit and to be taught by the doctrines of the church, which are contained essentially in the New Testament. This enables the believer to become a light in this dark world of sin and shame. Now, while the statement that I just made is a brief attempt to describe the nature and lifestyle of those who accept God's offer of salvation through the gospel of the kingdom. It surely does not describe the lifestyle of the unsaved or the unregenerate at all. Now, since the first covenant, even the law, was introduced to be an administrator of condemnation and death, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 and 9, in addition to being a God-ordained mechanism to impute universal guilt upon the entire human race, Romans chapter 3 verse 19, but was never given to give life, meaning eternal life, that is, as Galatians chapter 3 verse 21 states, all those who refuse to accept God's offer of salvation that is offered by the gospel of the kingdom remain by their personal choice 
under the jurisdiction of the law of God, even under the ministration of condemnation and death. So brethren, I repeat, those who refuse God's offer of salvation by grace through faith, as can be seen from reading Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 9, have also, by their own will, chosen to remain under the jurisdiction of the law, which was given to strengthen sin as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 56 states, and which 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 states, calls the letter that kills. So read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 7 to 9 if in doubt. Now, to confirm to you, brethren, that the law, even the Ten Commandments, was given to manners or control the unregenerate, even in this glorious dispensation of the gospel of the kingdom, the following proof is hearing under advanced. So I'll be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 8 to 9 which states, We know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Now the question is, if the law is not made for a righteous man, as 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 states, for whom then was the law made? So from this third portion of the scriptures, we know that the law was made for the following persons. And I'll be reading verse 9 and 10 in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. Right? So verse 9 states, So the law was made for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers or kidnappers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. And verse 11 states, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So that's 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. I repeat, since the gospel of the kingdom does not have a divine imposition mechanism to enforce its acceptance, but is left up to the choice of the individual, those who refuse to accept the salvation which the gospel of the kingdom offers have simultaneously chosen to remain under the jurisdiction of the law, which was introduced to deal with those individuals who engage in those sins, which are listed in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. So this being the case, we know that those who, by the exercise of their own will, accept the salvation which Jesus offers, are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and are expected to manifest the following fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, as Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23 states. On the other hand, those who refuse Jesus' offer of salvation, 
remain under the bondage of their depraved sinful nature as cataloged in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 and will continue to manifest the following sinful traits idolatry, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21. Now if the unregenerate is not under the jurisdiction of Christ, and as a consequence would naturally display what I just mentioned from Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21, behavioral traits, can you imagine what this world would be like? without some mechanism to control lawlessness in the unregenerate? Well, because of the chaos which would envelop the world, Christ in his wisdom has reintroduced the law as a legal mechanism to control and restrain the behavior of the unregenerate. Brethren, if you have any doubts concerning my statements, Please read 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 9 to 11 and be convinced that this is indeed so. And to prove that what the law is to the world, the Holy Spirit of God is to the church of Jesus Christ, I now advance the following spiritual proof. So I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 5 to 6 which states, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, which means the law, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Now to prove that the letter of verse 6 refers to the Ten Commandments, I hereby advance the following proof. So I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 13, which states, But if the menstruation, meaning or administrator, of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration, meaning the administrator of the spirit, be rather glorious? For if the ministration, meaning the administrator of condemnation, be glory, much more doth the ministration, meaning the administrator of righteousness, exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, 
that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. So that was 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 13. So there it is, brethren. Not only is the role of the Ten Commandments and that of the Spirit of Christ cataloged in stark contrast to each other in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 to 13, but more importantly, represented in the verses is the fact that the law was and still is God's administrative mechanism to administer condemnation and death to the unregenerate population of planet Earth. And this doctrinal position holds good as long as the unregenerate remains unsaved. So brethren, I know it is easy to understand the chaos that would envelop this world. If there were no mechanisms to control wickedness in unregenerate humanity, therefore in order to minimize the stated eventuality, the law was retained even in this dispensation, not for the church, as can be seen from the scriptures in 2 Corinthians 3, 7-13, but for the unsaved, as we read in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9-11. to Undoubtedly, the following verses speak confirmingly to this stated point under review. And I'll be reading from Hebrews chapter 8, verses 6 to 9, and verse 13, which states, But now had he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second? For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. In that he saith, a new covenant, he had made the first old. Now that, meaning the covenant, which decayed and waxed that old, is ready to vanish away. So that's Hebrews chapter 8, verses 6 to 9 and verse 13. Again, we have the following confirmation of the cataloged doctrinal position in this following excerpt, where I'll be reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 to 10, which states, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, To do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, meaning the covenants, 
that he may establish the second by the which will meaning the covenant we are sanctified through the offering of the body of jesus christ once for all so that's hebrew chapter 10 verses 5 to 10. so brethren because god knew that the world by and large would have rejected his offer of salvation he retained excerpts of the law to control and to deal with lawlessness in the unregenerate population of planet earth so the fact highlights the importance of the retention of parts of the law to manners or control lawlessness in the unregenerate in addition brethren it also highlights the importance of the retention of some portions of the law as the sixth Christ-related foundational pillar of civilization, even in this dispensation of grace. So as I come to an end of this segment today, it is surely fitting to remind you, my dear brethren, of the purpose of the law as given by God. Accordingly, we know that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defy themselves with mankind, for men stealers, meaning kidnappers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to song doctrine according to the glorious gospel of the blessed god which was committed to my trust so that's first timothy chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. now since the listed categories of sinners remain on planet earth and refuse to submit to the lordship of christ through the acceptance of the gospel of the kingdom as is cataloged in Luke chapter 16 verse 16 it is inevitable that the law even the administrator of condemnation and death, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and 9, which was written and engraved in stone, remain in foster manners or to treat resolutely with those behavioral traits cataloged in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 to 11, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, or 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 to 10. Undoubtedly, brethren, the doctrinal facts surely highlight the importance of the retention of the law as the sixth Christ-related foundational pillar of civilization. Two, open bracket manners, close brackets, or to control the unregenerates even in this dispensation of the gospel of the kingdom so this is the end of my segment to god be all glory honor and praise both now and forever amen and amen so i will be live next week monday again please spend time in your word read your bibles on a daily basis jesus christ will be returning Prepare yourselves for his return so we can all be with him in this new heaven and the new earth that he has prepared for us. So have a safe and productive week. I love you. 
Jesus Christ love you. So bye for now until Monday. God bless.